Hello, friends. It's me, the president of Chickenlandia. Did you know that I have a new book that is now available for purchase? You heard that right. It's called Let's All Keep Chickens, The Down-to-Earth Guide to Natural Practices for Healthier Birds and a Happier World. It's now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, your local bookstore, and more. For more information on how you can grab your copy, just click the link in the show notes. It's so exciting, I can barely handle it. Okay, on with the show. Welcome to Chickenlandia's 100% friendly podcast, Bok Talk. This show will help you learn all about how backyard chicken keeping can be fun, entertaining, and stress-free. Here's your host, the president of Chickenlandia! Hello, friends. Welcome to Chickenlandia, and welcome to Bok Talk, your 100% friendly backyard chickens show. I am your host, the president of Chickenlandia. I'm a backyard chicken educator in the lovely Pacific Northwest. This is episode four in season four. Yes, we have four seasons of Bok Talk, all for your listening pleasure. (laughs) Uh, Today, we're going to talk about what to do to prepare your chickens for winter. And I will say... Winter is a very popular subject in the backyard chicken world because obviously uh, people get concerned, um, especially new chicken keepers. They get pretty anxious and worried about the winter. And I know a lot of you are new to chickens this year. This might be your first winter with your chickens. So we're going to go over some things and hopefully by the end of this, you'll be feeling really confident and a little bit better about going into winter with your chickens. And I do have a listener question that I'm going to answer today. I'm going to go over that, and then I will open up the chat for questions. Mm-hmm. In case you're wondering, I do want to mention, I was supposed to have Bok Talk last week. Like, it, if we did our normal schedule, I would have done it last week. But it was Halloween, and I had to take the Chickenlandia kids trick-or-treating. <laughs> so uh, we did all that. It was a lot of fun. If you haven't seen the Chickenlandia Halloween special, you need to watch it. <laughs> I I did get some unsubscribes (laughs) because it was fun. It's not, it's like a fun video and some people don't like fun videos, (laughs) but anyway, go watch that. And so, you know, I'm doing Bok Talk today and then I won't do it next week. I'll just get back on that like every other week schedule. So just letting you guys know. If you want to submit a question to Bok Talk, all you have to do is go to welcometochickenlandia.com, go to the contact section and click ask a chicken question. And I will tell you, while you are there, you definitely need to join the Chickenlandia mailing list. It's called Chickenlandia Nation. And I have said this many times, I am not a spammer. I do not spam. I do not send out a ton of emails. I just really don't like that. And even though a lot of like business people have told me like, you need to do this. (laughs) I just, I'm holding out. I'm not doing it because I, I just don't, I don't like to get a whole bunch of emails. So, but what you will get is, you know, when like, like, let's say, you know, when my, when the pre-order for my book happens, the, the, um, the mailing list will be the first people to know about that. 
Um, and you know, you'll know about special offers usually before everybody else. And also you will get a discount for my online course, which is backyard chickens, one Oh one, a chicken course for everyone. It's a super fun interactive course. It's for beginners and intermediate chicken people. And I think you're going to love it. And you get like a a lot quicker access to me and my co-instructor, which is the Chickenlandia presidential advisor. I answer questions like within 24 hours when you're taking the course and you'll always have that resource. So uh, while the, while the course is online, you will always have access to it and you will have access to, to me actually to ask me questions. So a lot of people really like that because when you send in questions, I can't answer all of them. Um, usually it's just, I will answer them on Bok Talk if I can. Okay. Um, and, but I do love to hear from you guys and I love hearing your chicken stories. So definitely join Chickenlandia Nation and send me a question and maybe you can, you can be chicken famous. I'll answer your question right here on Bok Talk. <laughs> All right. So I do have two announcements that I have to make because you guys know, I got to pay those chicken bills. <laughs> I act like I'm in charge, but I'm in not. These chickens can go on strike at any moment. <laughs> they really can. So I can't run out of chicken food. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. As always, I want to let you know that this podcast was brought to you by the folks at My Favorite Chicken. My Favorite Chicken is my favorite online shop to get my chicken feed, they sell scratch and peck feed. You guys, I was just at scratch and peck at their headquarters on Friday and they are awesome. I love them. Um, they, they do, they have non-GMO, organic, socially responsible feed and treats and all kinds of stuff. So I love that company. Uh, my favorite chicken has chicken supplies. They have fun chicken aprons and purses and all that stuff and fun chicken treats. So definitely check them out. I'm going to put that link in the show notes. It is myfavoritechicken.com. This podcast was also brought to you by Small Pet Select. Small Pet Select is a local company to me, but they have an online store that I just know you're going to love because I love it. Um, They have three products that I'm using right now. I'm using their oyster shell, I'm using their pet greens, which I talk about all the time. Literally, I talk about them all the time, especially going into winter. You've got to check it out. It's like these little pouches where you grow sprouts and the chickens can eat them. And it's super fun and easy. Um, And then I also use their organic pine shavings. Um, So, yeah, check these items and other items out. They have have, uh, other chicken supplies. And they also have supplies for, like, other little furry creatures like rabbits and and uh, chinchillas and hamsters and stuff like that. So I will put their link in the description as well and in the show notes. So it snowed today. It snowed today when I was on my walk. And um, I got to tell you, full disclosure, I I was not happy. I don't don't like the snow. I don't like winter. I don't know why I live in the Pacific Northwest. It's beautiful, but it is cold. Like to me, it's cold. And I actually live in a really mild place. But to me, this is cold. And meanwhile, my Canadian husband and my kids are like, oh, we really want it to snow. And I'm like, oh, gosh, bah humbug. Do not like it. But, you know, even though I don't like the winter, I don't speak for chickens. Even though I'm the president of Chickenlandia. I don't speak for chickens in regards to winter because chickens 
they they have their own voice and i guarantee you that if they could talk they would say we really don't mind the winter okay and i know that what like when you're on the outside of it looking in looking at your flock you might think oh my gosh my chickens are miserable but really they do i mean generally uh, chickens will do better in the colder months than they do like hot the hot months of course, it depends on the breed, and there are there are certain breeds that need extra care in the winter, um, and they might those kind of breeds might fare better in the summer. But for the kinds of chickens that most of you guys have, like most backyard chicken keepers have, especially beginner backyard chickens, for the breeds that that you guys mostly have, really the winter is going to be safer in general for those chickens than the summer. Okay. So, and remember they're wearing down coats, like <laughs> they're, they're nice and snuggly and warm and they're always walking around with down coats and even baby chicks, like they need, you know, baby chicks, obviously they need supplemental heat, but you know, if we raise them without a mother hen, but they can actually survive longer when they're cold. Like you don't want them ever to get cold, but if they get cold, they will survive longer than if they are in a situation where they get too hot. So, you know, even baby chicks will do better. You don't want them to get, like, don't get me wrong, okay? You don't want them to get too hot or too cold. But it would actually be, if you have to choose between the two, it would be better for them to be a little bit too cold than it would be for them to be too hot. So the reason I'm saying all this is because I just want to lower that level of anxiety that a lot of new chicken keepers have and a lot of the worries that new chicken keepers have during the winter. Because if you were already able to get your chickens through summer, then you've got this. Like you you can do this, okay? Um, and you're just, you're going to do just fine. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not things that you need to consider and that you need to prepare prepare for to get your chickens through the winter without any issues. And also, some of you out there, I know some of you are in extreme, extreme climates in the winter. And I'm talking about places where it's like negative 30 for an extended period of time. Like, that is cold. <laughs> That's cold. That is so cold. Uh, I don't know how people do it, but they do it. Um, and I do have a podcast where I talk about, like I talk specifically about like how cold is too cold for chickens and what to do when it gets like really cold. Um, and I'm going to link that in the show notes so that those of you that are in very cold climates, you can listen to that one and feel a little bit more comfortable. It's I'm going to say a lot of the same things that I'm going to say today, but I speak, uh, you know, and I I'm you know I did it last year, and I I do feel like I get a little bit more specific about you know if it gets below this temperature, then you need to you know you maybe you need to consider some other things. So anyway, I will leave that for you in the show notes. So. There are some things that you want to do that are not, they don't necessarily have to do with winter, but you want to do these things before winter. And I actually put out a video recently um, where I talk about these things, but I'm going to give you the really short version right now. Okay. So this is what I want you to do before it gets like really cold. Okay. And we're getting there. Like <laughs> I was, I was shocked. We had a really late summer here. 
and all of a sudden it's it's pretty cold here so it kind of crept up on me like I, if if i'm going to be honest like i feel like i'm not even ready i've got a lot of things i got to do tomorrow cuz it got cold really fast so anyway these are the things that i want you to do right now if you haven't done them yet okay do a deep cleaning of your coop okay don't wait until the dead of winter you really don't want to be out there trying to do a really deep cleaning of your coop and you you know you end up with like you have like ammonia buildup and stuff because you haven't done a deep cleaning don't wait do that before winter starts okay right now when it's a little bit more mild you know and really get, get if if you've been doing deep litter you know and you have you didn't change your your shavings in the summer do that now and you'll you can start the deep litter over for the winter and spring but just make sure that you clean everything out okay you also want to evaluate your practices right now um especially having to do with nutrition okay and parasite prevention if your chickens aren't getting good nutrition you don't want them to go into the winter like that so make sure that they are on the right feed that they need to be on for their stage of life make sure you're not giving them a like a really unbalanced diet um, I do talk about the Chickenlandia um, chicken food pyramid. I talk about that in, my, in, in the course. And I think I talk about it in some videos. I know I talk about it in some of the podcasts. But basically, you just really want your chickens to have balanced nutrition, okay? Because you want them to go into the winter as healthy as possible. As far as, you know, definitely check them right now for mites and lice, okay? I know that in a lot of places it will get very cold so that these critters will, they will hibernate in the winter and you won't know that there's a problem, but in the spring it's going to be like, boom. And there, <laughs> there they are. And you're like, Oh my gosh, you know, your chickens are laying eggs. Now you have to treat them. Um, check them now and treat them. Now I put out a video recently about treating your chickens for mites and lice. You can check that out. Uh, you don't want to go into the winter like that and make sure that they have a dust, a place to dust bathe, even if it snows and rains, um, you know, in the summer and spring, they can find a place to dust bathe in their natural environment. But in the winter, it's harder for them to find that. Okay. So you want to make a dust bath for them so that they will have that. And it also is so good to keep them occupied. It's just another thing that they can do. Um, chickens love to dust bathe and they can do that they need to be able to do that in the winter. It's, it's just another way to keep them not bored and also keep that parasite low down. Um, you know, make sure that they're, they have grit if they need it. If they can't find grit in their natural environment, you need to supplement it. Oyster shell or another calcium supplement is a very good idea for laying hens, okay? And even in the winter when the days are shorter and they're not laying, they still need extra calcium, Okay. All right. And then lastly, evaluate your chicken's environment right now. Make sure they have enough space. So generally what I say is in the coop, you want them to have two to four square feet of space per standard size chicken. Now, two, two square feet of space is the lower end of where you want to go. But if they have other areas in their environment where they can get out of the elements, then you can get away with less space in the coop. 
If the coop is really their only place where they can be out of the elements, you really need to have four or more square feet of space per standard size chicken. Because if they're in the coop, if they have to be in the coop, let's say it's like snowing outside or it's raining really bad, you know, the weather is just not uh, conducive to them being outside and they don't want to be outside and they're going to have to be in their coop for days or weeks or months then you really want to make sure they have enough space in there. Okay. So, uh, and if you're in a place where they could, you know, possibly be in their coop for months, you need to make sure they have a lot of space in their coop. So yeah, you know, just double check, make adjustments now so that you're not dealing with them, um, displaying behaviors that they can adopt when they get too bored in the middle of winter. You don't, you don't want that. So beyond, beyond these basics of the, the, you know, these are the things that you do when you're, when winter, before winter starts, there are some other things that you want to do to prepare your coop and run before winter as well, like (laughs) to prepare for winter. Okay. And so here, here's what those things are. I really don't recommend keeping waterers, chicken waterers in your coop. They really should be in your run for a number of reasons, but especially during the winter, you really don't want to keep water in the coop because it adds moisture to the air and spills can also create conditions that you don't want, like colder conditions, wet conditions, you know, mildew, stuff like that. You don't want that. Okay. So if you have your waterers in the coop, you don't, they don't really need to be in there. You can put them outside in the run. That would be a better idea unless you have to, there's always exceptions. Okay. But if possible, move the water out of the coop and put it into the run where they can get to it. But, um, it's not going to cause extra moisture in the coop. Okay. So speaking of waterers, One of the biggest pains in the winter, I mean, this is a big pain, okay, is frozen waterers. Um, It's honestly one of the hardest things that you will have to deal with in the winter. So if it's possible, if you can afford it, and sometimes you can find them, you know, either on sale or on like a free cycle site, or you can find them used, but you you might want to get some heated chicken waterers or even like dog bowl waterers. You can use those to use with your chickens over the winter. And then you don't have to be out there hauling water out and you might have to like haul it from inside because the hoses are frozen or whatever, but you don't have to be out there doing it several times a day if the water continues to freeze. Okay. And that can just be a real pain. And believe me, I know I did it for a very long time. (laughs) I just, I was super stubborn. I didn't want to put electricity out in my coop. And so I would haul water out several times a day in the winter. And, you know, inevitably I would, you know, sometimes I would like wait too long and then I'd go out there and their waters were frozen and it's really not good for them to be out of water in the, in the, anytime, but in the winter, they really need to drink a lot of water. So just consider, consider it if you can afford it. And if you can get electricity out into your coop, um, getting a heated chicken water or like a dog bowl water. Um, And the other thing that you can do is if you're feeding fermented feed, I know some of you guys ferment your feed. Um, And if you're doing that, uh, obviously fermented feed will freeze if it's too cold. So you can use a heated dog water bowl to put your fermented feed in in the winter to keep it from freezing. So 
That's my little hack. Um, <laughs> so um, we talked a little bit about the deep litter method earlier. You might want to do that in your coop over the winter, even if you don't do it other times of the year. You might want to do it in the winter because that composting material, which is basically that's what the deep litter method is. Um, it's a, it's like a composting system inside your coop that that composting material will generate heat. So that is another way to keep your chickens warmer in the winter. Um, there's some things to look out for if you're doing it. Um, obviously, you don't want to have like ammonia buildup build or anything like that. Um, you want to do it correctly. I do have a video about that, and I'm going to put it in the show notes for you. Um, it's just a video about doing deep litter method and some things that I did to to uh, troubleshoot certain things. And I think it'll be helpful if you want to go in that direction. So the main question that I always get about winter is, do I need to supplement heat in my chicken coop? So the answer to this question is most of the time, no. Um, usually you will not need to supplement heat in your chicken coop, but there are a few rare exceptions. And I do feel like I need to uh, talk about these because a lot of times, and if you, if you ask, I talk about this all the time, but if you ask in like a Facebook group or a chicken group, Hey, do I need to supplement heat in my chicken coop? Almost everybody will say, no, you never have to. But I think people in general have, have, and I do this too, because I live in a really mild climate. So I'm not always thinking about people that live in those places where it's negative 30, <laughs> you know, it's like completely like out of my reality. And I'm not always thinking about that. Um, but there are situations where you might need to, it might be reasonable to supplement heat. So, but most of the time you don't have to, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about both of these, but you will, you will likely need not need to supplement heat. If you have healthy adult chickens that, you know, are, aren't, super young or super old. They are considered relatively cold hardy. They aren't some kind of super fancy rare breed like from some some other country or you know they're not like tiny frizzled sizzle bantam thing. Uh you know, and sometimes frizzles like just plain frizzles. Um, you know, frizzle cochins um and now they have other kinds of frizzles like frizzled saramas. Like they don't do as well. If it gets pretty cold, they might not do as well. Um, so if you don't have those kind of breeds, um, or you're like special specialty breeds, and if you don't have chickens that have like special needs or chronic illness, you know, I have a lot of old chickens and I have chickens with chronic illness. So I'm probably going to have to get a decent heater for the coop this year, which I don't, you know, even just, even just having the heater presents a level of risk. But what I always say is it, it's, it's risk versus risk. Okay. The main problem with having a heater, and I'm talking about a safe heater. I'm not talking about a heat lamp because, you know, heat, heat lamps are cheaper and they're really accessible. And I, I will not like criticize somebody for using one because a lot of people like that's what they have and they have to make do with what they have. All I would say to them is like, you need to be extra careful, clean it off, clean the dust off of it every day. Um, make sure it is like 
so secure and that it's not anywhere where the chickens can get, you know, burned by it or fly into it or anything like that because it, it does pose a fire hazard. Okay. And, but there are heaters that are made for chicken coops that have much low of a fire hazard. Now that doesn't mean there's no risk involved because let's say you lose electricity in the middle of the night and all of a sudden it, there's this huge drop in temperature. Like that, that can be a bad situation in the morning. I can, I'm telling you it can. So there's all these things to consider. Okay. But you know, the, we, we make these kinds of decisions every day. We're always weighing risk, whether we realize it or not. You know, every time we get into a car, we're weighing risk. So just weigh, weigh everything and make the best decision for you. Okay. And remember that there's always exceptions to the rules. Okay. So basically if you have like adult, you know, regular adult laying breeds, you are very likely not going to need, you will not need to supplement heat. As I said, there are exceptions. It, it, you know, some of it depends on your coop, like the design of your coop. And also if you're living in a very extreme climate, you might need to supplement heat. And even, but even people that live in like Minnesota, where it's like insanely cold or Manitoba or somewhere, if they have a really well-constructed coop, um, and they have enough heat hardy chickens in that coop and they're probably doing the deep litter method. You know, a lot of times even they don't have to supplement heat. Okay. But if you need to go ahead and do it, do it as safely as you can and don't feel bad about it. Okay. And just remember to get the ones that are made, you know, try to get one that is made for a chicken coop. Okay. So there's one more thing I want to talk to you about and it's, it, it, it has to do with the question from the listener. So I'm just going to go ahead and read you that question and then we'll talk about it. Um, this question was from Angie and she asks, what are your thoughts about wrapping the outside of the pen? Just, she's talking about her chicken run for the winter months. I live in central Wisconsin and it can get quite cold. It sure can. It sure can. <laughs> My second year ladies made it last year, but I have a flock of yearlings this year. Thank you. And I love your posts. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome, Angie. Thank you for your question. So, um, first I want to say if you're, if your yearlings are cold hardy and if they've reached adulthood, um, like they're over, you know, they're past their juvenile stage, they're likely going to be absolutely fine. Just like your chickens, you know, your, um, your, t uh, two-year-old chickens were last year. But regardless, I think that it will be, you know, I, I think it's generally a good idea if you want to wrap your run, because what it does is it gives your chickens more space out of the elements. So it's always like the more space you can give your chickens, where they can be out of the elements and they can peck and scratch and do their chicken things and not get bored, the better. Especially if your run is in a really windy place. Because if it's super, you know, windy and chilly, they they will likely stay in their coop. They won't want to be out in the run. And you want them to be getting that exercise. The main thing that you will want to remember, if you're wrapping, some people will wrap their coop, some people, you know, will do wrap their coop and their run. But the main thing that you want to remember is that it is actually moisture that can be the problem in winter and not the cold. Okay. Moisture is the enemy in winter. You really want as dry a coop and run as possible. 
So the reason is, is that moisture can give you problems like frostbite. They can, it can cause uh, respiratory issues. Uh, moisture with ammonia buildup is like the worst situation. And you can end up with really sick chickens and other problems. So you don't, you don't want that. You don't, you, everything you do, you want to be keeping moisture in the back of your mind. Like how can I keep the condensation down in my coop? So the way, the main way to combat moisture, aside from like, you know, getting the waterers out of your coop is to make sure that your coop and your run, if you're wrapping your run, okay, is to make sure that there is enough ventilation to keep that moisture buildup down. Okay. And I know this is really counterintuitive, but trust me, it makes sense. Like I have a lot of ventilation in my coop this year. Okay. Last year I had some problems. So I, I added more ventilation for this year. You just don't want to seal up every nook and cranny in your chicken coop because your chickens create moisture even just when they breathe at night, they're creating moisture. And like I said, it can become a real problem. So anyway, it's great to, it is a great idea to wrap your coop and run if you want to, um, but just make sure they have enough ventilation. And the way that you can do that is to put your ventilation up high. Okay, you want there you you want there to be really good ventilation, but you don't want there to it to be drafty because that completely defeats the purpose, especially when they're roosting. You don't want it to be drafty where they're roosting. So put your ventilation up high so that you know they it, there's just a lot a lot of air like that good clean air coming into the coop and not allowing that moisture buildup to happen. Okay. So I hope that this was helpful to you. I just, I feel like I just said so much. (laughs) One of these days I'm going to figure out how to like interview someone. So it's not just like me talking. (laughs) Um, But anyway, I hope that was helpful to you. Uh, Angie, I really hope that helps you. And I hope it helps all of you to feel a little bit less nervous about the winter. And just trust me, you got this. We'll get through it together. Okay. Um, you know, every year I curse the winter. (laughs) So I feel you, I feel you. And I feel like before I had chickens, I didn't mind it as much, you know, it was like, okay, there's snow. And then when you had chickens, it's just like, Oh, I don't want to deal with this. (laughs) But anyway, it is beautiful. Um, so I hope that helped. All right. I'm going to open up the chat for questions. Okay, Diane asks, I have sand as my coop floor. Should I switch to deep litter in the winter? Um, I wouldn't necessarily do that. Uh, you know, it, I, I just, I don't think, I wouldn't do it. That This is one of the reasons why I do, I don't love sand as much, but some people really love it. And if it's working for you, just keep it. Um, it'll be good for your chickens. Like they'll, they'll dust bathe in it and they'll be pecking and scratching and through, through it during the winter. But it seems to me like it would be, uh, a pretty tough, depending on the size of your coop, I guess. Um, it'd be pretty tough to switch out. So, um, unless it gets like super duper cold, I don't think I would do it. Okay. Lisa asks, I have a game rooster. I'm his target. What can I do to get him to stop? So that's a really tough one, Lisa, because especially his breed, like it may be that he, that 
there's not a lot you can do. Now, I will say this. I have a friend who there is literally not a chicken and not a rooster that she can't tame. Like she is, I think she's some kind of like rooster whisperer or something because she can tame them. But in my experience, there's some breeds, especially that they just, you know, they're pretty adamant about what their job is. And really like a rooster, like, like him, he's probably going to be a really good protector for his ladies. So I think people will forget that because it's just so annoying and sometimes dangerous when a rooster is constantly attacking you. But a rooster that does that is going to be on high alert all the time because to him, he's like, oh, well, you know, this is my flock and I, I'm meant to protect my flock and you're an intruder. I know that some people have had some luck with picking up their roosters and carrying them around. So when you go into the run, you know, the Cooper, the run, if you can pick him up, you know, <laughs> pick him up and carry him, carry him around while you're doing your chores. And that may, that might help. It may not, it, it may also be, especially if he's young, it may also be that he calms down after his first spring. He may calm down a little bit. So there's that. Um, at the very least, you know, if you want to continue to put up with it, you know, you can keep it like a broom next to the door before you, before you go through the gate and go into your chicken yard, you have a broom and do not hit him with the broom. <laughs> I know you won't, but I'm going to say this because people are going to be like, what? <laughs> the broom is not for hitting. We don't hit roosters. We don't, we don't kick roosters, but you can go kind of like use it if he tries to attack you to kind of block him okay and you don't really want him to make contact as much as possible because you know the more he makes contact and the more that you are like afraid of him the worse that he could get so you know worst case scenario you will need to rehome him somewhere or do something that is humane um to make your situation better um or live with it and uh, protect yourself from them. But, um, I'm sorry. I wish, I really wish that, uh, I could say, you know, this is, here's what to do and you can tame them, but it just doesn't always work, but there, you know, you can try. Okay. Um, so, uh, Danielle asks, what's the best grass or plants to grow for your chickens? So I really like to get, like, I'll get, um, sprouting grains or sprouting like uh, seeds like I'll get a I'll get a bag of of sprouting grains or seeds and just I'll put those in the salad bars I don't know if you've seen on my channel like I have chicken salad bars <laughs> I know it's a chicken salad <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's not chicken salad it's chicken salad bars and what it is is you're growing salad greens for your chickens and when I say salad greens I mean like little sprouts like um broccoli sprouts um I think I've grown flax I've grown grains for them like I've grown barley like barley grasses and stuff and you know I mean basically any grass these chickens are gonna like it but I like getting spread um uh, grains and seeds that are special, you know, specifically for sprouting and giving those to my chickens. There is on my pet chicken, which I'm not sponsored by. Um, they have something called chicken salad and it's a little seed pack. 
And that's super fun to grow for your chickens. Um, and then also there's the pet greens from, from Small Pet Select. And that is just like a, a pouch and you just put water into the pouch and it grows out. The, the greens grow out and chickens love that one. So yeah, I, I love getting, you know, I think I, I've done some videos about it. I have a video about sprouting grains and seeds and I talk about what I, what I use. So I'll put that in the show notes for you. So Molly, I was talking earlier. Uh, so Molly asked, how do you keep your coop dry? I was talking earlier about ventilation. Like that's really the, the easiest way to keep your, your coop dry. And it's tougher. It's tougher where we live. Like you're, you're in the UK where the weather is a lot like it is here and it's tougher. Like it, I feel like I'm always fighting it. Um, but your main thing would be to have really good ventilation in your coop. And then, you know, don't keep, don't keep the waters in your coop, you know. And if there's like mud or more, like rain getting into your coop, make sure that you handle that. Oh, the Naked Gardeners are here. So guys, I'm going to be like the Naked Gardeners. Um, they're friends of mine. They live in Texas. And I am going to be on their live next Saturday. I think it is. When is it going to be? I think it's going to be 7 Central, but you should follow them. You can follow them on Instagram and follow their YouTube channel. But they're, I'm going to do an interview with them. So, And I think it was going to be really fun. I'm really excited about it. So I'm going to be talking about my book. And we're going to be talking about some stuff that I just don't normally talk about on my channel. And, of course, they don't know that yet. <laughs> Actually, I do talk about it on my channel, but I don't talk about it on my lives that much. But just about like what chicken keeping means to me and all that stuff. So I can't wait for that. Um, that's going to be next Saturday, I believe, at 7 Central Time. But go follow them so you know exactly when it is. All right. So Adam has a question. Uh, he asks, Easter, my Easter eggers stopped laying for over a month now. The other breeds slowed production but haven't completely stopped. So... It is possible they are molting. They're, molting is still happening. There's some chickens that are going to still be molting right now. Um, and it is also possible that with the weather change or with, you know, if they, ha if they had any kind of change that can make them stop laying for a little while. But also the days are getting shorter. So the laying is going to slow down. So just be prepared for that. It's very normal. Unless you want to supplement light. Laying, laying will slow down considerably in the winter time. Just when it's not, it has nothing to do with the temperatures. It's because it is the, the, the days are so much shorter and chickens need a long, you know, a certain amount of daylight hours in order for that ovulation cycle to kick in. So, um, I think it's pretty normal. Um, but it is a little bit frustrating. <laughs> But don't worry, you'll get, with the Easter eggers, you will get a lot of eggs in the spring. Okay, so Val of Coop to Chickenville asks, do roosters crow when they get older? I have two young ones, about 12 weeks old, not crowing yet. Um, they're going to start crowing. <laughs> I have one that, I have one that start, just started, and I, actually he's a little, like Philippe, Philippe was crowing when he was eight weeks old. And it was like ridiculous. It was like, eh. <laughs> um, <laughs> but usually, you know, between 12 and 20 weeks, it's when they start crowing. I have one that's crowing right now, a new crow. And it's so funny because 
you know, a bear will crow, and then Bubba, Bubblicious will crow, and then Fleep will crow, and then you hear this. <laughs> it's my one of my new little roosters, uh, Zorro. <laughs> so, <laughs> but um, I'm not sure. So you said that the, do they crow when they get older? Like when they get old, do they continue to crow? I'm not sure if that's what you're asking or if you're just saying, you know, hey, I've got these baby roosters and they haven't crowed yet. They're going to start crowing soon. Twelve weeks, they're going to start crowing soon. <laughs> And they're going to start practicing and it's going to be really funny. Older roosters, I think they'll continue to crow. You know, I mean, they may slow down. They may slow down. But uh, generally, they'll continue to to crow until they go up to the, uh, to the coop in the sky. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for all your questions. I know there are some questions I didn't get to you, didn't get to. And I apologize. It, it always happens. I wish I could just answer everybody's questions. But thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you to my moderators. Uh, we've got 13 Moons Over Mayhem today. And also my moderator and co-producer, Kelsey Paulus, who's also known as the Chickenlandia Presidential advisor and she is she advises me all the time <laughs> uh thank you to talking to crows for editing this episode and to double m ranch for their wonderful podcast art folks if you enjoyed this podcast please remember give me a thumbs up here on youtube or if you're listening to me on one of the apps rate and review it especially apple podcasts that helps me so much it just gets it just gets my podcast in front of more people which is always the goal we want to we want to save the world through chickens one chicken at a time we're saving this world one chicken at a time so we want more more ears on this podcast (laughs) um but the one thing that i want you to remember above everything else is that you are always welcome in chickenlandia thanks guys bye Dahlia Monterosso, also known as the president of Chickenlandia, is a backyard chicken educator in Northwest Washington. To submit your question to Bok Talk, visit welcometochickenlandia.com. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.